wrote a letter to the new Christians in Turkey. He was concerned that the gospel would disappear under a mountain of rules and regulations. And the Bible book that we call Galatians is that letter. And our series on how does your garden grow is from his letter. Some misguided missionaries were kind of following Paul around on his tour. And they told the new Christians that they had to keep the Jewish law. No more bacon, lettuce, and tomato sandwiches. No more working on Saturday, which was a good thing. And ritual circumcision, which probably wasn't so appealing. Things got so bad that they were saying that in order to make God happy, you, you can't do any of these things. And you've got to do these other things. And God's not going to be happy with you. And some people, even when it came time for the Lord's Supper, they would duck out. They would say, I am not going to eat with these inferior, second-class, dirty Christians. But they had reason to be concerned because the other side acted as though forgiveness meant a free pass to sin. Immorality, worship of animals, witchcraft, hatred, jealousy, fits of road rage. Well, it doesn't say road rage, but it's the same thing. Selfish ambition was tolerated and even celebrated in communities of Christ. And Paul believes that the sharing in the divine spirit of God would solve that problem. His argument is simple. You share God's holy breath. You share God's Holy Spirit. It is living in you, so live according to that Spirit. Now, you can know that you're living in the Spirit when you see the telltales of the Holy Spirit. Now, a telltale is a brightly colored strip fastened next to the mast on a sailing ship. It, the telltale tells a tale, tells the pilot the direction of the wind, the speed of the wind. Any sailors? Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> In your, um, in your car, you have a check engine light, a telltale. The light tells you about the inner workings of your car. You can't see inside there, but you know, kind of know what's going on. There's a spacecraft on Mars, the Phoenix, and on the, on the Phoenix, it has a camera pointed at the telltale. And on Earth, we look, at the, we look through the camera and we can see the direction of the wind and the speed of the wind on Mars. A lie detector picks up telltales that indicate truthfulness. We can't see what's going on in the brain, but there are tells. And I am told, having never played the game, of course, that in poker, <laughs> you're supposed to look at your opponent and figure out his tells, his, his telltales, and you can, you can figure out how strong of a hand he has. Your opponent doesn't even know he's telling you about his hand. He, it's natural. He just acts certain ways and goes, whoa, and you, you know he's probably got a good hand. In Galatians 5.22, Paul lists the telltales of God's holy wind. The indications of that unseen thing, that Spirit of God that lives among us. The telltales of the Spirit, you know, are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are not the Holy Spirit. They are indicators that God's Spirit is working among us. These tells are the result of living by the Spirit. They're not works produced by our straining to have these tells. You know, I walk along a trail and I see some acorns on the ground and I know nearby there must be an oak tree. Or here's a pine cone. There must be an evergreen at hand. 
Living by the Spirit is not about working hard to sprinkle pears under a walnut tree. When we live by the Spirit, the natural fruit of the Spirit blossoms in us and around us. Now the Scripture, in Scripture the word translated Spirit in in Hebrew is ruach. I love to say that word, except you need to spit after you say it, ruach. Um, In Greek it's pneumo, you know, like pneumonia, problems breathing, so pneumo is spirit or breath. Um, Ruach and pneumo are wonderful words with, with many, many different facets about them. They're rich in meaning and symbolism. Remember when the, the Holy Spirit used to be called the Holy Ghost? Boy, that's creepy, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, in Macbeth, uh, Macbeth kills Banquo, and this bloody dead corpse comes to haunt Macbeth, and Macbeth is terrified. Now, that's not the best image of God's life force living in the ones that he loves. <laughs> Ruach is some translated, sometimes translated breeze or air. It is aroma. It is what God breathed into Adam to make him alive. The Bible says at creation, the Lord God formed Adam from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the ruach of life. And Adam became a living being. Job said that he was alive because of the ruach the breath, the wind of God in his nostrils. When Jesus died, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my pneumo, my spirit. And when he had said this, he ex pneumoed <laughs> He expired. He breathed his last. He died. His spirit gone. Do you see the mystery, the elegance of these beautiful words? Breath, wind, life, power, aroma, spirit. What is the Spirit? The Spirit is the wind hovering over the waters at creation. The Spirit is God's loving aroma. It is the the breath that keeps us alive. It is breathing. It is the thing that inspired the prophets. It is the breath of God moving among us that we share. Jesus said the Spirit blows where it wants to. You don't know where it comes from or where it's going. It is the invisible power of God at work in brothers and sisters. That unseen power is truly mysterious. There is a passage in John's Gospel about the Spirit. It inspires comfort but also wonder. Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit would come to comfort and guide his people. And on Easter Sunday, Jesus is alive again. And he stands among his disciples, and the Bible says, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And after this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them, pneumoed on them, and said, Receive the holy pneumo. The first man, Adam, came alive by the breath of God. The first disciples gained life in the Spirit by the breath of Jesus. We are a new creation by life in the Spirit. So let's live by the Spirit so that the tells of the Holy Spirit are evident in our community. Now, the tell of the Holy Spirit that I'm preaching about today is faithfulness. 
Faithfulness is the evidence of my belief in Jesus. I might say I believe, I might say I have faith, but faithfulness is the action that demonstrates my belief. Think about the people in whom you have faith. And you've seen it, you've seen their faith in action. Some people you can count on. The faithful ones, the faithful followers of Christ. Did you know that every Sunday there's some people that get here at 7 o'clock in the morning, get in the van, drive around the city, pick up people, bring them here, drop them off, wait around, wait till they're done, pick them up, drive them home and come back. Probably takes till about noon. Did you know that at 7 o'clock the Levites get here, they unlock the doors, pass out the communion, turn on the lights, clean up, and then they stay and lock up? Some faithful brother or sister made your coffee this morning. Some others opened the door for you. Some of them handed you a bulletin. Did you know there's some families that come here on Saturday and pour the communion and get it all ready and, and, and the, the supper is ready when you come and then they come back and clean up when we're all gone? Do you know who really tells faithfulness? Did you ever stay around between services or after services, and people just like you and me, at least they look like us, but they are spirit-driven, and they have the tells of faithfulness. They walk up and down these aisles, and they pick up my empty communion cups, and they pick up my bulletin, and they pick up my candy wrapper, and they pick up my coffee cup, and they pick up my trash. <laughs> the strange thing is, they are being who they are. They are living by the Spirit. They're not straining to look like Christians. They are Christians. And I don't know why those folks do that. Maybe one day the Spirit said, do this. I don't, I don't know. But I suspect at some point in their service to our community, they simply said, I'll do that. They gave their word. They said they would do it. And so they do it. But wait a minute. Isn't talk cheap these days? Words, 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 words. They mean nothing. Jabbering, jabbering all the time. The other day I watched a lady at the marathon get a full tank of gas, self-service, and she never missed a syllable on her cell phone. One hand, it was, it was great to watch. But she was talking trash. We use words as we might use a cheap rag. Blot up spills, wipe up things, clean up the mess, toss it out, not even worth washing. But Jesus said, you will be called into account for every idle word you have said. And he said, by your words you will be justified and by your words you'll be condemned. Idle words buzz around here like gnats in an apple orchard, everywhere. And everyone wishes that they had, could take things back that they said or wishes they had never said those things. Hey, you weren't around, but did you know that FDR one day said, I will not send our boys to a foreign war. Richard Nixon said, I'm not a crook. Didn't George Bush say, read my lips, no new taxes? <laughs> now, I know, I know, I know. Things change. Unforeseen circumstances arrive. These presidents meant what they said when they said it, and then, and, and then things changed. Pearl Harbor came along. Watergate tapes were released. The, the economy was <laughs> in bad shape. We had to do stuff. 
You know, we really don't have to go all the way to Washington to realize that sometimes words are empty. Did someone ever vow to you for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, until we're parted by death? Yes. Some of you have heard those words. Some of you have heard them and some of you have said them and some of you have said them several times and you meant it, I know you meant it, but things happen. We make a vow. We can't always know the challenges of the future and what's going to happen. But let's do better this afternoon. You know, I teach the premarital class and I do weddings, and I've been thinking that we might change the wedding vows. Instead of saying I do at the end of the wedding vows, I'm just going to ask the couple to rate their commitment on a scale of one to five. Five is absolutely committed. Four, very likely. Three, highly possible. Two, doubtful. And one, are you kidding me? (laughs) I believe words matter to God. So words matter to us. When Chuck became a husband to Natalie, he said, I do. And a family was formed. Jesus said, take this bread and eat it. This is my body. And we just celebrated that supper even today. People are condemned or released when we promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Words matter. Silence is normal. Words break the silence, break the natural silence. God spoke and the world became. Words mean something, don't they? You know, we have to learn that talk is cheap and words don't have power. At first they seem so powerful, a child says, I'll be there, and there he is. Jimmy is eight years old and ready to play baseball. He waits for practice to begin. Mom, when do we practice? Well, I think practice is Tuesday afternoon. Hmm, uh, I better call the coach and make sure, hello, coach, this is Jimmy. When's practice? Jimmy will practice on Tuesday at 5 o'clock at the school baseball field. Okay, coach, I'll be there. Around noon on Tuesday, the sky grows dark. Mom says, I hope it doesn't rain. I know you're eager to practice. Around 4.30, it is raining. She calls to her son. Jimmy, oh, I'm really sorry, son, but it's raining hard. Jimmy? Jimmy, where are you? He's out the door. He's gone off in the pouring rain, and the coach looks out the window. (laughs) It's raining too hard to practice. But as he watches the rainfall, he sees a small boy standing in the mud where home plate ought to be. Oh, man, some dumb kid is out there for practice. I better rescue him before he drowns. Jimmy, what are you doing here? We can't practice in this rain. And Jimmy looks up and says, But coach... You said we would practice today, and I told you I would be here. Jimmy hasn't learned what we all know. Give him time. Give him experience, and he'll learn that no one ever says with certainty that they'll do anything. We say if it doesn't rain, if I have time, if things work out, if it was meant to be, if I get to it, our commitments are barter. Always conditional, never unconditional. 
How many times does Jimmy have to hear, yes, but, until he learns that words don't mean much? Unfortunately, I might have been one of the ones that was teaching Jimmy about words. Three weeks ago, I was so busy. We had a baptism at 8 o'clock, and Tom asked me to help him. We had water to hand out, and the water was down there, and I didn't know where Quentin was. And we had to get it in the stations. We had to get all the people, and we're getting everything all, everything all ready. And I looked up on stage, and there's my praise team singing. I was supposed to be up there. Oops. Tim, I was supposed to sing, but I'm sorry. Uh, I forgot. And Tim said, but you said you would. I'm preaching on faithfulness. Tim, how could you say that to me? <laughs> because it's true. That's how he could say it. I said I would. We're all guilty before God of breaking our promise. But we can change by the power of the Holy Spirit of God who will lead us and guide us and comfort us and help us. A kid's response to his coach. In that kid's response, there is a basic raw material for changing the life of every home and every family. There is the raw material for changing the world. That raw material is simple faithfulness. I said I would be there and I will. I said I do and I will. I gave my word. I said yes, I will. I said I believe with all of my heart that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, my Lord and my Savior, and He is. Since God is faithful and we are alive by His Holy Spirit, one of the tells of that reality is faithfulness in our Christian community. God is faithful, He keeps His promise. And as we live in God's holy breath, we live like Him in faithfulness. <laughs> what if God were not true to His word? What if God made excuses? A fine Christian dies, goes up to the pearly gates. God says, sorry, we're full. <laughs> I know I promised it to place, you know, that I, you'd have a place up here, but, but things are filling up fast. You know how things are these days? What if God decided that uh, gravity was only going to work once in a while? <laughs> you could never really count on him. What if Jesus made excuses? Father, I, uh, I know I came to do your will, but flogging and crucifixion hurt. I'm more than willing to be glorified and honored and do miracles but they say it hurts. My followers are going to leave me. Judas is going to give back the money. Isn't that mean the deal's off? I'm your beloved son. Is this any way for me to die? Besides, I've been really good lately, haven't I? What is our challenge? Listen, the challenge is not that you strain every muscle in your body to be faithful. You are faithful by the power of God's Holy Spirit. So therefore, just be faithful. 
Live by the Spirit, that sweet, gentle Spirit that lives in you and guides you and tells you. How are we going to do that? Let's count the cost. Let's count the cost before we say yes or no. Can I do that? Let's pause and let's pray. Think about your yes and think about your no. Be slow to speak. Be slow to agree. Will you carry through with what you said even though it's inconvenient? Even if it costs you? Even if it hurts? Even if others around you aren't faithful? Will you carry through? Jesus said, but I tell you, man will have to give an account on the day of judgment of every careless word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted and by your words you will be condemned. No excuses. Faithfulness. God is faithful. You belong to God. Be faithful. Great is thy faithfulness.